Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the weekly Sunday edition of the Michelle Meow Show. We love being here every Sunday at noon for you, and hopefully you love us being here as well. It's, it's so neat to kind of be winding down the month of October as we approach the wonderful Halloween, uh, you know, I don't know, Halloween, even though I'm not as into it as I used to be, of course, as a child or even as a young adult, where, you know, you look forward to dressing up, you know, however I do that all the time now, uh, but we look forward to dressing up and, you know, doing something fun and exciting with your friends and, and, and then waking up the day after, like, going, what the heck did I do? I don't no longer, of course, do that, but there there is always a certain uh, wonderful vibe in the air, I think, during the time of Halloween for everyone, and it, it kind of, I think, gives everybody, with no pun intended, to clear away those cobwebs that are going on in their lives throughout the year, and it's kind of like, I can get those cobwebs webs out and then for the remainder part of the year kind of uh you know hedge forward a little bit so i'm of course looking forward to that and um as this airs i'll be um you know preparing on my way to go to hong kong to actually celebrate a little bit of halloween there i'll be performing for their pink season celebration on the 29th of October, so I'm really looking forward to that. But as we kind of look into this this period of time, you cannot be in San Francisco and be uh, looking toward Halloween without thinking about this a wonderful theater production that has been going on for, hear, hear me clearly when I say this, 17 years so it is a San Francisco staple, a treat. Um, I, if they wanted to stop, they probably couldn't stop because San Francisco wouldn't allow that to happen. But it's our time now for Shocktoberfest um, here in San Francisco, which is put on by a wonderful theatrical uh, group called the Thrill Peddlers. And um, I, I, it's like I said, it's part of San Francisco's, it's a Halloween tradition pretty much um, in October, early November that we, we attend this. And I happen to have uh, the artistic director and co-director um, co of Shock, um, Shocktoberfest this year, Mr. Russell Blackwood's on the phone. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Phoebe. Thanks so much for having me, and what a great introduction. Well, it's been a long time since we've had an opportunity to kind of, you know, chit-chat about what's going on, and that's partly my fault, definitely not anything that um, is your fault at all, but, you know, we've just always been so busy trying to get so many things going on in this world on, on the air that I haven't been able to touch base with you much, but I could not go through you know, this period of time without checking in with you and Thrill Peddlers and particularly Shocktoberfest because you know it's one of my favorite things of the year. <laughs> and um, like I said, I can't believe that this is, we're, we're in the 17th edition yeah. of this. Isn't that extraordinary? We started at the Exit Theater in 1999 and did three Shocktoberfests there. And then Chicken John, who at the time was running a place called the Odeon, 
said, oh, I need something to happen just after Burning Man so I can recuperate. Will you bring Shocktoberfest to my bar, the Odeon, which is no longer with us. Uh, I think it's the knockout or something now. Um, but uh, So we ran a whole month there. And then the following year, without uh, a free venue, uh, decided that we would take a year off from Shocktoberfest and instead mount a website called grandignol.com. And this is a website that is uh, the best source online of information about the theater and the genre that inspired Shocktoberfest, a theater called the Théâtre de Grand Guignol in Paris uh, that ran from the late 1890s to the early 1960s. And they coined this uh, genre of one-act plays that some are terrifying, some are titillating, and you go back and forth between the two and get this kind of roller coaster effect. Then after launching Grongagnol.com, we were lucky enough to be offered a space south of Market at 575 10th Street. And so from 2004 on, we've been there ever since. And I think that having a home has something to do with why Shocktoberfest and the company have stayed so strong these past 13 years. Wow, and you're talking about the Hypnodrome, too, as far as the, the location. I am indeed. Uh, the, which is, I, I think it is a fabulous, because um, when I think about the what you said, you know, terror, titillating, um, um, all, all these things that are go through when you're thinking about either horror or suspense type of theater, you need that closeness you know, the, the performers need that closeness with the audience, and you definitely get it in that space. I think so. You know, if, if one is watching it in a more traditional theater setting where you have the proscenium arcs that is, mm -hmm. well, almost like a picture frame, mm -hmm. it lets you remove yourself and be an observer somehow. While the hypnodrome and our shockbox seats in particular are all rigged for scary things to happen during our big blackout spook show finale. Yeah. So, <laughs> so being, being in an intimate, purpose-built horror theater really enhances the experience for people, I think. <laughs> well, and, and you and you, you 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 did a great job of explaining to those who are listening who have no idea uh, about how this came about and you know, giving us the history and these one-act uh, plays that are part of this whole uh, Shocktoberfest experience. And um, that's a, you gave a real good quick rundown of the history of, of this, um, uh, this program, I guess is the best way to, to say it. But what I always liked, you know, what, what the audience I think it's really shocked is that all these actors in this this production go from act to act playing various characters very quickly changing hats sometimes yes. playing multiple characters within one act um to me that you know having been an actor and dabbling in that that is so to me amazing to see how um when you look up and you go wait a minute wasn't that the uh, so-and-so and that last right. and they go and they're totally playing somebody totally different in a total you know and how they carry each of those things off so well how do you guys find such quality actors for this production oh that's a great question uh, they come to us i mean i feel that you know thrill peddlers are perhaps born not made 
and that there are mm-hmm. thrill peddlers out there who I have not yet met. Mm-hmm. And what would make a thrill peddler, I think, is uh, a love of the many, many skills that this company calls on from a performer. Mm-hmm. And that may include strong skills in makeup, uh, in dialects, in acting, uh, but also, as far as the blood effects go, in sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. And for Shocktoberfest, which has a musical element, also singing and instrumental music. So there's this sense of uh, building an ensemble. And in this case, we have 19 people on stage in this show in a 45-seat theater, BB. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so, these, <laughs> so these folks um, are coming with uh, a variety of skill sets. And I use this phrase, you know, curl your toes over the edge of the cliffs of your talent. So they really are going, you know, right to the edges of what they can do. And I think by challenging themselves in that kind of way and with that diverse skill set, you really wind up making progress. And when you stay something with something show after show in that same space with that same group of people, uh, there's also... um, talk about taking risks, but now I'm about to talk about the safety mm-hmm. of being with people who you make art with uh, uh, show after show, year after year. And some folks have been with us uh, six, seven, eight, nine, even ten years uh, they've been working with us. And I just love it. You know, another element, I think, of this um, idea of actors being transformational and playing multiple roles on the same bill I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and my dad was a scene designer and stage manager at uh, Missouri Repertory Theater, which is now called Kansas City Repertory Theater. And they would do as many as six shows in rotating repertory during the summer. So I was seeing this same company of, I don't know, maybe 35 actors or so play different roles in different full-length plays, uh, you know, as, as many as seeing, you know, them in three roles in a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that gave me a real uh, sense of awe at what an actor could do and what the production staff could do by way of making different worlds for the plays and different faces and voices and characters for the uh, uh, for the actors. So in Shocktoberfest, where we have as many as five or six pieces on a bill, you get to see the actors do this in kind of a microcosm, but there's definitely a nod towards rotating repertory theater, which I think probably the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland yeah. is probably one of the best West Coast examples yeah. of where that's still happening. But like the one-act play, it is an endangered form of theater, yeah. rotating rep. It's yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, Shocktoberfest goes on, and we, as I did the intro, it goes on for most of the month of October, almost the whole month, and then carries on to a couple of weeks in November. So we're talking now until November 19th, because you have already opened the the house for this. Um, um, back yeah, we, we, run, we run seven weekends total, mm-hmm. and we've added uh, both Sunday, Monday, October 30th and 31st, of course, for uh, Halloween week. Yeah. And we find that uh, uh, things just really rev up over the month of October, and there are just too many people who still want to come, you know, after that's all done. So we do, we play up uh, 
right through the weekend before Thanksgiving. November 19th is our closing date this year. Now, we I, can't I, extend, unlike so many other shows. Because you've got, so many, you've got other stuff to we do. We don't extend that. Yeah, you've yeah. got other stuff to do. But before we, I'm going to take a break in a little bit, but before we do that, and then I'm going to, I'm going to come back after break, and I want you to kind of go over the, the 4-1 acts that you actually do in this production. Um, but what is it, you know, I kind of talked about how this is, you know, it really is a San Francisco staple, and I know there's a lot of people who come from out of town um, for to go to a big party, so to speak, say for Halloween, maybe on the, the you know, this year because it's on Saturday, it's the 29th, probably a big party there. They'll come from Sacramento or even come up from L.A. or whatever and then stay a couple of days just to catch this this production because it's, to me it's better than going to a haunted house because you get that thrill of a haunted house and that scary creepiness particularly with the light the dark you know when the lights go out type of effect for the the finale thingy but yeah but there's a story that you don't pick up when you go to a haunted house you don't know what's going on about why you know daddy long legs is, is hanging from the ceiling you don't know about that but there's stories that go along with this creepiness that you get from going there so what is it i mean why has this been kind of this thing that is now implanted in um part of san francisco's you know halloween culture is this 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 monthly show this month long show well, I, when we first started in 1999, it was just two weekends, mm -hmm. and it's an awful lot of work for two weekends, let me tell you. Uh, I think that there are several different reasons. Uh, people turn on to the mystique of what that original horror theater in Paris must have been like. Mm -hmm. And when you see uh, old movies like Interview with a Vampire or Peter Lorre in Mad Love mm -hmm. uh, and others that have a uh, Penny Dreadful, which has just been a TV series. Mm -hmm. uh, these have Ron Guignol-esque theater settings for them. And for <laughs> those of us with imagination that strays that way, the idea of being in an experience that uh, embraces uh, what the Grand Guignol was and what's more, expounds on it, is simply irresistible to folks. Uh, we do a mixture of both traditional plays. One of the plays, the play that opens this bill, Bibi, The Haunted House, is from 1903. Wow. I know. And <laughs> it, is as, it is as scary and twisted as what you would ever want to see. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and I think there's something about that that you know makes us today feel a little bit less jaded about ourselves and the world around us mm -hmm. to see that people back in the day were really <laughs> pretty hard themselves, you know? Uh, and then we do new pieces that are far flung from, I think, what you would have seen on stage at the Grand Guignol, but the sense of purpose, the sense of spirit is still there and strong. And I think people read it. People read that we're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you know, like you said, there's a variety um, amongst these one acts, you know, with some music, some, you know, haunting theater, some, you know, there's a variety. We're going to talk about those specifically, but we're going to take a quick break, okay? So stay with me, Russell, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Russell Blackwood from The Thrill Peddlers and Shocktoberfest. We'll be right back.
Hey, it's Michelle Miao. It's hard these days not to get a question it's about Michelle. when I'm getting married it's or when Michelle. I'm having kids. I get it. Marriage equality is legal now. I'm in my 30s and in a committed relationship. Marriage may not have a time limit, but what about having kids? I have a lot I want to accomplish before growing my family, like becoming the next Oprah. If I want to wait, what are my options? Join myself and our partner Pacific Fertility Center for a free seminar on egg freezing November 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. Register at PacificFertilityCenter.com. Space is limited, so register now. That's PacificFertilityCenter.com. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale.com. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot -E -E com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Okay, well, we're back. I want to thank you all for staying with us here on It's Everything. I'm your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. And if you are just joining us, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in because we've been having a wonderful conversation with the artistic director of Thrill Peddlers, Mr. Russell Blackwood. And we've been talking about, um, in specific, about Shocktoberfest, a production that has been going on for quite some time. It's in the seventh. 17th offering, it's hard for me to say that, 17th offering uh, this year, and it's already opened in October, October 6th, it opened its doors to the public, and it'll be running till November 19th, so right before Thanksgiving weekend starts, um, but I think you guys are probably, probably most interested in that the two special days of October 30th and 31st, they'll be running um, productions, of course, for Halloween, but every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday through November 19th, um, the production will be going on hip hypnodrome and um, I will uh, give you more information about the times and the actual location as we go forward but the um, the theme of this year's production is um, the pyramid of freaks and I'm assuming Russell then that the the four it's four one acts right in, and then including the finale right there's that's right okay. and then there are also two uh, two individual songs that happen between the plays 
on either half of the bill. Okay. So so the 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 act the one act plays kind of make up uh you know this this theme of pyramid of freaks. So why don't we go over why don't you talk about um go down the line. You kind of mentioned a little bit about the opening um one act which is the haunted house. So kind of give us a little bit more about that and then we'll go down the line so people can understand what um how it's going to flow. Sure. Yeah, every year for quite some time now we've chosen that usually the title of one of the plays to be that year's kind of byline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pyramid of Freaks is the last play on the bill. And uh, I would say also, though, that it's just evocative of the whole outsider art thing that we're doing here, okay. but also has a kind of a Diane Arbus, uh, Todd Browning's Freaks circusy <laughs> kind of feel about it. And yeah, I think that's right I watched, show as well. I watched the trailer, and that's definitely what I get. You know, that whole <laughs> that kind of I'm freak show you. from the from the circus days, or traveling circus, kind of took me back to what's that American horror theater? You know, um, exactly yeah, the American horror. Yeah, story yeah it kind of gave show. me that little thing. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really got that from that. Um, we yes. have an alligator boy, a dog face boy, the whole works. Oh, that, that kind of sounds like Folsom Street Fair. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is that kind, you know, it's all kinds of freak, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we consider ourselves a multi-generational freak theater is a term that I've used. We have uh, uh, folks as uh, young as 21 in the cast and other people who are in their 60s. Wow. You know, so it's a whole... Uh, whole diverse range of performers in the show. Mm-hmm. The Haunted House, the first play on the bill, well, I should I should say the first thing on the bill is before the curtain, the non-existent curtain, even goes up, uh, and that is Vagabondage, our house band. It is a uh, punk folk band, is how they describe themselves, accordion, fiddle, stand-up bass, and guitar to a 15-minute set during half hour that kind of revs everybody up for the show with uh, kind of gypsy kind of drinking songs, and uh, it's all real festive. Then The Haunted House, this play that I mentioned uh, being a show from the Théâtre de Grand Guignol, the Parisian Horror Theater, from 1903, is in a book by uh, friends and colleagues of Thrill Peddlers named... uh, Richard Hand and Mike Wilson. They just in the past six months have released their third book on Grongagnol Theater. This one is about performing the genre. Mm-hmm. And they have 12 plays in it, the first of which is The Haunted House. Okay. So this is a brand new translation of a French play for the first time uh, in English ever and for the first time uh, on, you know, in any stage in America, certainly. Wow. Uh, and kind of transported from, you know, a hundred and however many years ago, 13 years ago. Wow. So this is a premiere type of thing for this, for uh, the American public. Ex- exactly in, right. in English, uh, anyway. Uh, every, everything on stage is some kind of a premiere in this year's show. Uh, the next piece is called The Helgramite Method, and it's by our poster designer and playwright Bill Selby, who originally wrote this as a New Twilight Zone episode in 1988. Wow. Timothy Bottoms. So it's a piece that he has reworked for us for the stage, freely adapting it to be set in San Francisco and taking it back in time to 1917, handful of years before Prohibition. Wow. Uh, and it is uh, indeed about uh, a very bizarre cure 
for alcoholism and definitely <laughs> heads into the uh, science fiction zone with this. A cure for alcoholism? Drive, oh, my God. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pill you take. <laughs> Everything's a pill. And, then we go to uh, intermission, which is always fun because my husband runs the concession stand and opens bottles with a battle axe. And then we come back for Coquette Scrumbly Coldwin's brand new musical, Demon Train to Sodom. Okay. How's that for a title? That is. A and, great uh, one. That's a big old show that uh, uh, includes, uh, well, a compost making machine that gobbles up hot farm hands, and a bottle of something that makes the new farmhand trip so hard that he meets all the demons. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the demons in his heart and soul. Uh, and uh, it's, it's lots of fun. And really almost uh, um, a, a pop operetta, very little oh. spoken dialogue. Uh, oh, okay. Zagabondage is the band for this piece, and John Flaw, who's a longtime thrill peddler and uh, uh, fronts the band, is the lead, the checkered demon. Okay. Then the last play on the bill is Pyramid of Freaks. It's by Rob Keith, who has been uh, writing plays for us since the very earliest years of Shocktoberfest. It's a wholly new uh, piece and uh, is set in a traveling sideshow in California in the 30s, and is people with, peopled with all kinds of freaks. Uh, the mm, main one, I guess, being a strong man who rips the hearts out of roustabouts. Oh, okay. Stagehands in the circuit. Yeah. And eats their damn hearts. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then the blackout spook show finale, which really gets uh, everything spinning. So. Wow, <laughs> this is this is you know, and it, it won't. No matter what it what they are, they never disappoint. And it's always kind of like, and I and I love the whole period. I love the fact that we go back in time, in in most of these pieces, or in some you know sometimes way back, and sometimes not so far back. But you know, we, we do get an opportunity to kind of escape where we are in these these horror um, suspense. Uh, titillating type of um, productions, these one-act productions, and we we get a chance to get away and at the same same time be on the edge of our seats the entire time, and, and I love that. There's just nothing. I don't know. There's just nothing like it. I don't. I I can't even really explain it. I mean, for you out there in the audience, you really, if you've never gone, you have to go. Um, just to understand what I'm trying to say and definitely experience what, what Russell is talking about um, because there, there really isn't anything like it, not here in San Francisco, and I doubt very many places in the world still do these types of things. So We are indeed the longest-running Grongenol Horror Theater on Earth. There you go. I love when San Francisco uh, 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 organizations can say that because there's so many that are exactly like, we are the right. longest. I mean, we are theater it, rhino, for goodness sake. I know. The longest gay and le running gay and lesbian theater on Earth. Yeah, I just went and on saw Earth. the Brothers' side. <laughs> I saw their Brothers' 
uh, size production the other day, and I, you know, we talked about that. You know, it's like it, you know, when they introduced the film, I mean, the uh, play before they said that, I was like, oh my God, it's the longest running. I can't believe that yeah. LGBT theater. Now, let's go. It's, this is at the hip, Hypnodrome again, and it is on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. I'll let you. With added shows on uh, Sunday and Monday, October 30th and 31st. The Hypnodrome's located at 575 10th Street, which is just south of Bryant Street. Our website is hypnodrome.org, H-Y-P-N-O-D-R-O-M-E.org, and you can get tickets there. Uh, you can also uh, call me directly to get tickets, 415-377-4202. Curtain is at 8 o'clock, and the show's about uh, 2 hours and 20 minutes long, including an intermission. And you definitely want to get on the tickets because, as um, Russell mentioned, there's only you're a You're selling out. Because yeah. If and you don't have tickets, you'll be waiting and may go home disappointed. Yeah, and, and it's 45. There's only 45 seats, so it it's not going to be hard to fill it up. And you need to get on it now. Thank you so much for being on the show, as always. It's always a pleasure speaking with well, you. Well, thanks for having me. You've really raised my endorphin level. There you the go. There you go. <laughs> and we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back with the one and only. Marga Gomez. It's hard these days not to get a question about when I'm getting married or when I'm having kids. I get it. Marriage equality is legal now. I'm in my 30s and in a committed relationship. Marriage may not have a time limit, but what about having kids? I have a lot I want to accomplish before growing my family, like becoming the next Oprah. If I want to wait, what are my options? Join myself and our partner Pacific Fertility Center for a free seminar on egg freezing November 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. Register at PacificFertilityCenter.com. Space is limited, so register now. That's PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot -E com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. I always love hearing that music because that just means that, okay, we can get on down to real business. 
you know, even though the commercials are very important because they have very good messages and they help pay the bills. But <laughs> other than that, welcome back to It's Everything with me. Your host is BB Sweetbriar. We are the weekly segment, the Sunday segment of uh, the Michelle Meow Show. So we're always happy to be here at noon on Sundays for you. We just got through meeting or speaking with Russell Blackwood from Thrill Peddlers, and we talked about the wonderful month-long, six-week-long, or seven-weekend, six weeks of um, their current production, which is Shocktoberfest, and you've got to get a chance to see that. You can go to www.hypnodrome.org, O-R-G, um, to um, find out more about that and to get tickets and all of that other good stuff. But right now, I like to go into speaking with one of my favorite people in the entire, entire world. And, you know, I, I because she is so busy, I get an opportunity to touch base with her quite a bit lately. So I'm really happy to know that. But it's our wonderful local but world-famous world Marga Gomez. How are you? Baby! How are I you? I t- everything. Oh, I am everything, right? <laughs> As I sit here, you know, um, it, it, well, I, I look like I've been through everything. Let's just put it that way, okay? I, that's, today has been one of those days for me already. But how are you? Because you've been, you, you just have been so busy lately. Like, you just came off of this wonderful... Um, um, I, I want to call it a storefront comedy show, but it, it was kind of in a uh, like gallery there oh, in the yeah. Castro, and it was very successful. And before that, you, I mean, you just you had a period of a little bit of a lull, but then all of a sudden, when you start wishing for stuff, what? you know, <laughs> what you know what I mean? You gotta you, you gotta be careful what you wish for when it's like you know, hey, I'm kind of you know, things are a little quiet, and then all of a sudden, bam, bam, boom, boom, bam, boom, boom. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't remember the lull. Oh. That's, that's, for, that's for making one up. <laughs> I think it gives my story a little bit more yeah. excitement. That, that I, 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 I've been up, I've been down, I'm up. <laughs> well, yeah, because, and then you, you were, weren't you recently on a cruise, um, performing on a cruise? Yeah, yeah. I, I do those every now and then. I do those Olivia cruises. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to be uh, doing one of those in February. And it's the first time that um, they're going to actually, they asked me to do one of my solo performances. Oh, wow. So doing that on a ship, it's like, I don't know. They're pretty drunk, but they said, we want to do this. So, you know, we'll see Oh, that's kind of cool, though. So, yeah. it's not just, a, you know, it's not kind of like a little stand-up thing. I mean, you rock. Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, is, could this be historical in the fact, because I don't know if there's many of those that happen on any cruise line like that, where no, you do No, no, but they, you know, they, they just kind of feel like they, I mean, they have a, you know, Olivia does it does all, I mean, it does music, and yeah. have all these different rooms, so, you know, they, they feel that, uh, that it'd be good to have the, uh, the variety. The variety. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm still gonna, when I get off the phone, of course, you know, I'm gonna just spiral down to where this lull was, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I Well, it may have been something, I'm not talking about last week, I'm talking about, um, probably you have me confused with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> that that other New Yorker, that other yeah, the other New Yorker out there. Uh, 
but you know we're we're on the phone, of course, because you uh, you shopped or earlier this year. I think it was earlier this year, the Latin standards. But now you, you're doing it's 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 worked through its shop and it's ready to go. And you've been been you know dating it up right now, right? Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. It's this show, Latin standards, is my my twelfth one person show. I can't believe Be- that. Besides doing stand up, I do you know I, I do these things that are more like yeah it's just it's it's really it's really a piece of theater but I play all the parts because because I want all the money uh, <laughs> and um, and so this one just kind of happened accidentally I didn't you know have any like goals but um, it's going to be at Brava in November for five shows mm-hmm. and then, only five shows you got to say only. Only five shows, mm-hmm. but we're going to do, uh, yeah, and it's all in, it's, we're doing like, I'm doing two shows a day on Saturdays and Sundays. It's November uh, 4th, 5th, and 6th, right before Election Day, something to take our minds off things. And uh, I'm super excited because um, this show is about uh, my father mm-hmm. and his influence on me because he was a uh, comedian and a producer and a songwriter. And, you know, I do, I do all kinds of things. Um, so he kind of was very much an imprint on my head and very, you know, very DIY. It's like, I'm not going to deal with this bull of, you know, Hollywood. I'm just going to make it happen. And so that's what I did um, mm-hmm. throughout my life. You know, I mean, I've had, you know, you know, play the big money shows, but then I also start tinkering around, like you said, this this um, salon that I that I do in the Castro once a month. Well, uh, do you remember when I did those uh, uh, weekly shows at Esta Noche? Of course, of course. Well, Latin Standards is about how my father's influence made me just pursue this crazy thing that was so much fun but made me no money. Maybe I lost money. Uh, for two years, I put on these shows at Esta Noche, and at the end of that, I hired a wonderful uh, cinematographer to shoot my last show. And uh, when I say last show, I mean me climbing up to the DJ booth and, and, and the whole Sanford and Sons uh, <laughs> DJ set up and... Um, uh, with all these porn pictures up there, so the the uh, the filmmaker followed me up, and so you have all this behind the scenes stuff going down. Remember what that basement was like? Yeah, oh, well, honey, that was the that was the basement of death with all that black mold. I'm sure down in there. And, and then there were signs <laughs> that said "Please pee pee in a bottle." Right. Uh, so, so that's all in there. You know, it's not very little of me on stage. So we have all that footage, and so we're going to project a lot of Esta Noche uh, throughout my performance. Wow. Uh, a little, a little, a little um, mission history, even. Uh, really? Because... It's going to be about, uh, yeah, it's going to be about displacement. I mean, it's okay. not about show business, because a lot of us, and you know, you're, I mean, you're doing media now as well as live performance because BB we never know what our venue is going to be taken away from us. You you got it. You got it, and So we have to adapt. And so that's what this show is, is about. It's about a lot of different things, but when you're a performer it's like you touch on so many survival techniques and 
the show got picked up to open in New York in January. Oh so, wow! Um, so so you're yeah. opening. You're going to open in January. Uh, for do you have a a, 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 a already how long it's going to be, or is it going to be open ended? Yeah. It's no, no. It's going to be at a very prestigious off Broadway festival, and I'm not allowed to announce the name uh, of the festival of for not. another week. Okay, so but, we're, we're uh, a week early. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I I wish I could, but uh, it's going to be in January. Mm-hmm. It's going to be downtown. So what she's trying to say is if you're Google savvy, you can take all this information and we can figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) The festival, yes, but for some reason, you know, and it'll be good because then I'll know, okay, I'm definitely not fired. But so the show's in there. So Brava is kind of a, a, it's it's not, it's going to change before it goes to New York, but it's very close to everything we have. This is the first time I'm working with the video of Esta Noche playing here and there throughout the show. And, um, yeah, so I'm, and my director from New York is going to be, uh, you know, flying here to, you know, put me through my paces. Well, I know you, you got to have that. Now, we're going we're gonna to take a, a, a quick break, but when I come back, I really want to talk a little bit more about your dad. And oh, yeah. um, it, it, and it, it, we're going to pick this apart a little bit as quickly as we can, but as thoroughly as we can. And how all of that uh, of who he was really does relate to you specifically. And, you know, I, I have been blessed to knowing you for a little bit. And I really want to see this because I've noticed on Facebook, on social media, you've been posting a lot of, you know, yesteryear pictures uh, yes. of you. And I know that has a lot probably to do with this Latin standard. So we're going to be, Absolutely. we're going to go to a quick commercial ba- break. And when we come back, we'll be back with the amazing Marga Gomez and Latin standards. We'll be right back. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. It's Michelle Miao. It's hard these days not to get a question about when I'm getting married or when I'm having kids. I get it. Marriage equality is legal now. I'm in my 30s and in a committed relationship. Marriage may not have a time limit, but what about having kids? 
I have a lot I want to accomplish before growing my family, like becoming the next Oprah. If I want to wait, what are my options? Join myself and our partner Pacific Fertility Center for a free seminar on egg freezing November 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. Register at PacificFertilityCenter.com. Space is limited, so register now. That's PacificFertilityCenter.com. Okay, we are back. This is BB Sweetbriar on It's Everything here uh, with a weekly Sunday edition of the Michelle Miao Show. And I've been speaking with, and we are speaking with now, Marga Gomez, the uh, comedian extraordinaire, um, about her latest solo show, her 12th in her career, um, called Latin Standards. And with this, Marga, you actually um, talk about basically as you kind of laid out earlier to the influence that your father's career his life and entertainment had upon the path that you chose to take and basically his his renaissance has become your renaissance I guess is maybe a a good way to to put it and this is during a time uh, back in in New York um um what back in the 70s, 60s, uh, no. 70s. Uh, well, uh, 70s was when uh, things started to change. But his 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 greatest uh, career high was in the 60s. Okay. And, uh, in the 50s, and he came to New York uh, uh, before Castro. We call that BC. Um, and he was working in Havana in the casinos that were very glorious. You know. Uh, in in the in the forties uh, and fifties, and he uh, was discovered by a Johnny Walker talent scout. Wow. And the guy took him. Yeah, he was seventeen years old, and he was already performing. Uh, he was a a lip synker. He was uh, in Spanish. They call those phonominicos, and it was a very big uh, uh, like entertainment uh, arena. There, he was a drag queen. No, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. I'm, he has done drag, but no, this was. Uh, I know it wasn't just for drag queens. He was like, yeah, he was a straight. He was a straight drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> he was just. He lip synced. I, I know what you meant. I know, and I yeah. know. Yeah, I know exactly what that is because I remember a similar type. I mean, this was part of the storyline once when I was watching um, I Love Lucy. Um, and they had a thing, something like that, where that oh, was, Lucy did it. Yeah, you know that you mm-hmm. lip synced, and that was, but you know, it was a part of the whole entertainment thing. It wasn't, you know, a negative thing at all. You know, it wasn't like Britney Spears or something. It was like, you know, it was. Yeah, I mean, they never. I mean, they didn't do ballads. They always did right. silly songs. So right. Be kind of like you know, make funny faces and do funny things. But um, so then he came to New York, and he was he he uh, he he was. Uh, you know, to comedy, and then he started producing the shows. And really, my father's influence on me was to to produce and be the mm-hmm. person that you know was in control. Right, kind of taught me like you know how cool that is, and also to be a comic. And so, a lot of uh, uh, Latin standards, uh, like I when I did it before at at Brava, and I'll be doing it again in November. A lot of it. Um, it's about me just kind of sitting at the kitchen table where he, that was kind of his office, and he had all his papers, 
And, you know, he'd be making those phone calls and working those deals. And it's kind of, you know, I was most attracted to that part of it, to have the important papers and the typewriter <laughs> and all that. <laughs> now, with this particular, now, definitely tell, tell, tell the audience your father's name. His stage name mm-hmm. was Willie Chevalier. Mm-hmm. And um, because and there are people out there who might be listening who can, you know, who are attuned to, you know, great hist- history in New York and whatnot and may, you know, really know this. And so I want to make sure that they're like, oh, my gosh, Willie? You know, I want them to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he, he'd, be, he'd be pretty pretty old now, so it's, you know, it's, but people do remember, like, when I played New York the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, with a show about my, my parents, which was, um, actually it was in 2006. So it's kind of funny that it's 10 years later that I'm going back to the family, the family stories. But um, a guy came up to me who said that he was an usher at uh, one of my, you know, he was paid to, to work in the theater at with my father's shows. And my father would tell him, to, if if anybody started making out, to put the light in their eyes. <laughs> he told me to stop people from hooking up. During oh my God, boy, times have changed. <laughs> people couldn't go on Grinder back then, so they just had to do it. Right? Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. We keep talking about we need to go back to those days when you actually had to meet the person and start a conversation, yeah. and not you know be sending you know naked pics on Grinder and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. You know, now in this in this um in this in this uh solo show, you t- you embody as you do in in many you embody different characters correct yes in fact when i when i started writing because i've been working on this um uh, latin standards uh for all of all of 2016 and i think that's kind of why sometimes i go quiet is because i have to write Mm -hmm. so i don't you know i don't do a lot of gigs i don't go out because yeah i'm i'm like locked away i'm you're in your creative mode. It's theater. like being, it's like an author. Like, you know, you got to have that moment or screen or any anybody who's creatively putting something yeah. together, as you say, you do. You have to have that time. Yeah, you have to have that time. Do you go through a lot of? Do you have? Do you go through a lot of bottles of wine during your creative process? I just want to know. Yeah, I do, and you know what? We need to get you a sponsor God. for that. We need to get you a sponsor, a wine sponsor, and say oh, having a problem with your creative thought. Hmm. Oh and, then, my God. and then you can come up there and go, I put together six solo shows with so-and-so wine. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that'd be so wonderful. I think that'd be great. Maybe that's like, I'm not going to laugh because I, I just got an over laryngitis and then you're going to hear a lot of phlegm. But uh, <laughs> I, am, I am totally L-O-L-ing inside because it is true. It is true. And there are times, you know, there are times when I don't, but there's, it, it's, you know, the writer's block it's it's so horrible and then because you start you know you start talking yourself down you start mm-hmm. being your your worst critic and then when you drink a little bit of something i don't want to say what because i want the sponsorship right. you, got me <laughs> you start going hey kid you're pretty good right right and the whole thing is just right and that's why the best way to write is when you first wake up before all your anxiety comes in Either that or at night when you're super drunk. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But the, uh, there's a whole book about that called The Writer's Way that's written by an alcoholic who <laughs> gets drunk all the time. <laughs> so I think she's, 
we we might want to get to that book, baby. Right, we <laughs> might. We might need to. Uh, but, but wait, back to what you were saying is, um, yes, so I started writing it as just telling the story, kind of how I do stand-up, mm-hmm. and then my director said, no, girl, you're doing characters, mm-hmm. you know? And then my... And then it's funny because I told my sister, it's like, I said, oh, my director wants me to do characters again. And my sister said, yes, people like to see your characters. <laughs> you well, you, you're funny. good at it. You re- And that's the part, I think, why this is to me, and you, you definitely, since you're the comedian, actor, um, uh, playwright, director, producer, you're all of those hats, you can mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that is why comedians do so well on television shows because they do that because it's not just about particularly those comedians who are storytellers it's not just about telling the story or being funny telling the story it's about us seeing the characterizations of those people that are in your story it is about that we you know what i mean it's like if you just kind of went through the story and you didn't embody those characters, whether it be by accent, by physical characterization, whatever, it, the story would look totally different and sound totally yeah. different to us. But because you do that, we are almost, almost um, what do they call it, transported into that time, into that kitchen, into Auntie Ira's, you know, we, we are now a part exactly. of all of that. And that that's why you guys, when you're on TV sitcoms, you can do that. We're like a, a, a what do you call them, like a, a, a theater actor who does play roles, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah, it's- it's a little bit more robust. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's the whole theater uh, thing. You, you know, when you're, first thing you learn in theater is show, don't tell. And I did find now that I'm breaking it up and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm being the people that I was referring to. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's all this other uh, information opens up. And mm-hmm. also now with with images, you know, it's like, wow, because the show itself, I'm really trying to make it tight, because uh, sometimes my shows get, you know, I, a solo show really should be 75 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and so with the aid of the, the visuals, visual, uh-huh. with the aid of being the person, you know, oh, I could say this person was stubborn, or I could say this person was uh, shady, but you don't have to say that when you are are being that that is so true right right that's what i'm saying and and get and, and some people may think well you're taking away the imagination sometimes of the audience because even though you like usually like when you're reading a book or you're just uh, monologuing oh, yeah. or you're just monologuing it um you know you give us an opportunity to kind of envision it ourselves but i like for you i want to know what your intent is and the only way for me to know your intent is for you to show it to me you know what i mean i don't want to read into it i don't want to put my infliction on it i want to yeah. hear your i want to see your story so you you show it to me the way you intended me to receive it and and that's what i love about your shows because i walk away knowing okay i got it and these types of shows about your family um in particular and in, in your life in journal really gives a lets us see a lot into you as a person which is it, 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 you know, makes you vulnerable, I know, but you seem to always gravitate to these types of things. 
Baby, I want to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. What? But while you were telling me this, I just had a flash of something I'm going to put in the show. Oh, oh. <laughs> what you were saying? I mean, I was completely listening to you, <laughs> but then you kind of just unlocked this world. Oh, I love. But we do this a lot. That's why I always love talking to Margo. She does. She. she so every time we talk, every time we speak, Margaret, how many times do you say, do you mind if I put that in your show? You go, okay, I'm going to stick, I'm, I'm going to say that, okay? Is that okay if I say that? You do that. I love that. I'm part of your inspiration. I love, can I, can I be your muse? I want you to, I want to be your muse. I want to be a part of what okay. keeps okay, your creative baby. juices flowing. All right, I'm ra- I have a little envelope here of a bill I'm supposed to pay and I'm writing down, <laughs> BB will be in the program as muse. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're in, kid. You're in. I love. Now let's let's get. This is going to be when November fourth. Write something on a past due bill. You know that. I know. <laughs> November fourth, November fifth, and sixth at Brava on the fifth and sixth. Oh, yeah, Brava. And if they if they buy in advance, they save money. So we love that, another, and that's at yeah. Brava dot org. Correct. Brava.org, yeah. And um, the fifth and the sixth, you have two shows. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have, uh, yeah, I'm going to have matinees. And once you go to the website, you'll see all the times because there, there's a whole bunch of different times. So people just have to pay attention to which, you know, which show they bought. Right. To, you know, get there, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love playing in the afternoon because, uh, you know, uh, I have fans of all ages. And my my older fans, they like to be able to go early so they could start drinking at five. Right, because you always have your little bar on the back there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah I, the, I think we're that's, have the, that's why I love. See, Margaret tries to help us have our inspiration too, because she put the alcohol, the wine. Excuse me, not the alcohol. Uh, uh, let's let's be refined. The mimosas. The mimosas, mimosas and the wine. Yeah, for your brunch. Oh, I see. I love. That's why I love your shows. You think about your audience and their needs. I appreciate that. So, so you are such a supporter of of theater. You know, I mean, not all. Not all the entertainers go to the shows, and you do. You do whenever, you know, whenever your schedule allows. Yeah, you've I, done well, that for me for years and years, BB, and I really appreciate it. And that's why you're my muse. Oh, well, I love it, and I I want to thank you for being a guest on the show today, and 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 sharing with us your talents and all of your wonderful creative. Uh, you know, it, it really helps. And, and the fact that you're, you know, queer and you're female, you just are, and you're, uh, you know, a woman of color, you just are, you mean so much to so many people out there. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Okay. And right back at you. Okay. Yes. Latin Standards at Brava Theater, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. And that wraps up our show right now. And we'll be back next week when we're here on It's Everything with BB Sweetbriar. Until then, bye bye. <laughs>